0: welcome back
1: hey everybody welcome back to our our odd Odd pod podcast
0: podcast. a podcast dedicated to the odd the macabre and everything else in between
1: and everything in between what's up It's me billy
0: and this is felicia
1: what you got for me today
0: Nothing. I actually did not prepare anything because this is your episode. Oh,
1: dear. I need to close some tabs because (laughs) it's going to drive me crazy.
0: My anxiety brain. Oh, wait. Do we have any business to take care of beforehand?
1: Well, we have two patrons now on Patreon.
0: It's very exciting. You know,
1: that little place on online, patreon.com slash our (laughs) odd Patreon.
0: Welcome, Melody.
1: Melody, welcome. OG. Listener and OG patron Yeah, yeah, we need to make like buttons For like the first 10 subs first 10 patrons
0: make our uh, our parents do it. <laughs> yeah
1: Well, that's the goal right now is 10 patrons because you can set goals for yourself And I thought a nice little baby step would be 10 patrons.
0: Yeah, so if you're so inclined Maybe check that out.
1: Yeah, check it out if you're so inclined which is what you just said.
0: Also, just to throw it in at the beginning of the episode instead of the end. Yeah. We would love it if you would go and subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
1: Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. And you know what? I think the beginning of the episode is a good place for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do that. It helps us Somehow. with visibility. And if people just happen to be scrolling by and they read your awesome reviews like some of you have left. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll be like, hey, what's this thing I want to listen to right now? Because these people said this nice stuff about it.
0: <laughs> but that's yeah. how that works. Yep. So um, that's all I've got. I just wanted to throw those things out there in the beginning.
1: Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my boy, Lizard Pete. Oh, yeah. We have, new, we
0: have a new family member. His yep. name's Lizard Pete. We saved him from our cat.
1: And then thought it might be cruel to put him out. In the cold because we're currently having like, snowmageddon.
0: A winter storm. I don't know. It's wet outside. Part
1: three or whatever. Not the original snowmageddon, but it's cold out there.
0: It is. So.
1: So yeah, that's what what we got going on.
0: Fourth day with Lizard Pete. He's hanging in there.
1: But you know what? We have managed to keep our power so far.
0: Yeah. Knock on wood. Just keep knocking until the dogs start barking.
1: Um, Yeah. So, so far, so good.
0: Yeah, I consider us very fortunate.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, There are some people who have not been as fortunate. Uh, With that being said, please don't run generators in your house. Uh, Get some blankets, cover up, keep the doors and windows closed. Don't run generators in your house. And I feel like you shouldn't have to say this, but you'd be surprised. Maybe don't have fires in your house either. Oh. Or like grills or anything.
0: Is that should, something that's been happening?
1: It's a thing that happens. Oop Don't dear. not that you shouldn't burn anything in an enclosed space. A generator yeah, I burns fuel. I, I knew that. I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them.
0: <laughs> All saying. right.
1: carbon oh. monoxide. It's not your friend. You want two oxygens, not one, two. Just two. Carbon dioxide. Two's not carbon monoxide. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's all I got.
0: Nice little science lesson there at the beginning. What uh, else are we talking about today?
1: Uh, Nothing. That's it. Bye. am going to beat that joke like a dead horse. Um, <laughs> So I'm pretty sure you already know what we're talking about in this episode. Me? But yes, you. Yes, I do. But if I were to ask you, what is my favorite genre of horror? What would you say?
0: I know it's zombie movies.
1: That is exactly right. This week I would like to talk about zombies.
0: Let's do it. Let's talk about zombies.
1: Well, you know me. I fucking love zombies. I know you do. I Do have you have
0: like a like a favorite kind of zombie?
1: A favorite kind? Yeah. Oh, old school. Like shambling. <gasps>
0: Like slow-moving zombies.
1: Yes. Okay. Now, are fast-running zombies way more terrifying? Yes, they are. Yeah. But my favorite is like the old-school big groups of slow-moving zombies, you know? Because mm-hmm. it just feels like, you know, genuine, <laughs> corpse-like.
0: You don't think like reanimated corpses would be fast?
1: I mean... I It's not necessarily that because, like, in a world where corpses reanimated, like, I feel like anything involving like decay and rigor mortis or whatever would be out the fucking window because right. some kind of magic is bringing zombies back, right? <laughs> or radiation, or
0: it's it's funny that you mentioned rigor mortis. Is it? I think it is. Why? Because you stiffen up eight to 12 hours after you die. Yeah, It's like ragamore to sit in. You do, I don't want to say loosen up.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't last forever. Right. Nothing lasts forever. (laughs) Then what makes? Sorry, we were doing that before. (laughs) When we were doing a sound test, we were singing that song badly, I might add, because neither one of us knows the words. So, as I mentioned, I fucking love zombies. When you think of zombies, what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: No, Night of the Living Dead.
1: Is that the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of zombies? Yes. Wow, guys, I've made the right choice. <laughs> That's a good one. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that movie. Oh, good. Like a little later. A little later. because um, you know it. It's it, important. It's an important movie in this in this genre. I don't. Well, yeah. And in general, well, wasn't it
0: like the first esque movie?
1: Yeah, it was the first. It was like...
0: Sorry, guys. I'm just wooing him with my knowledge right I now. Oh,
1: God. All right. Pause the podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Yeah, it was kind of the first movie. We'll talk about that. Okay. Right now, I would argue that we live in a time period that is absolutely saturated with zombie everything. I would think so. Personally, I think that is in no small part to a series of graphic novels that was very successfully adapted to television. Maybe oh. <laughs> you've heard of it.
0: Night of the Walking Dead. The Walking, Oh, sorry, The Walking Dead. The
1: Walking Dead. <laughs> I thought you might have heard of it. Maybe. Anyway, that's not super important right now because I want to take it back to the beginning. Well, almost the beginning. Okay. I want to kick it back to the godfather of modern zombies. May he rest in peace, Mr. George A. Romero.
0: Poor one out for my homie.
1: The year 1968 saw the release of Night of the Living Dead. I don't think the people involved at the time realized it, but this independent collaboration created by Romero and a small group of co-conspirators would not only become one of the most influential films of all time. Right it would lay the foundation for a genre that continues across all media platforms to this day. Not bad for a budget under 200000 right? Really? Yeah.
0: That's insane.
1: Now, something worth mentioning in the original script, The Living Dead...
0: Wait, wait, wait. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Yeah. They don't actually call them zombies right. in the movie.
1: Do you know what they call them? Like the
0: walkers.
1: Well, throughout the script, they're identified as ghouls. Ghouls. And I don't think they're called anything in the film itself, other than like those things out there or whatever, right?
0: I, I always thought that they called them like the walkers, or
1: they're called walkers in The Walking Dead.
0: Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I didn't watch the uh, The Walking Dead.
1: I stopped watching it not because I didn't like it. It's just like for some reason I stopped, and every time I try to go back, it's just kind of like, where am I? E- I liked it.
0: and didn't anyway.
1: Um, I think each season was a little bit better than the last, up to a certain point.
0: Well, that would be fair because I didn't finish the first season. Oh, uh, my favorite. But this is not about that.
1: Well, my favorite season's the second season, which a lot of people will disagree with, <laughs> but I think it's a good one. Okay. Anyway, also, my least favorite character dies in that season, and my favorite character dies in that season. Spoilers. So, kind of like a. You don't know who they are.
0: It's true. I was just trying to act like everybody else on the internet.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, at the time, I don't think that Romero thought of them as zombies. That's because white zombie was first was the first introduction to The Walking Dead in film for American audiences. Mm-hmm. Unlike later zombies, the undead characters in this movie have been reanimated to use as slaves through the use of voodoo. Yeah. White Zombie, released in 1932, and starred mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi.
0: Oh, can you can you still watch that? Surely you can.
1: Yeah, should watch it. You might remember Bella Lugosi as the classic Dracula from Universal. Yeah. Drew Universal. Jew, Drew Universal. Don't what try to
0: make me say it. You know me and words don't get along. No,
1: it was I, I think I was trying to say Dracula and Universal at the, together. Anyway,
0: Draculoversal.
1: Because his portrayal of Dracula is where we get that classic caped widow's peak Dracula look. You know? You, you mean, know the Dracula I'm talking about.
0: That, but also like... I rock that anyway. <laughs> That's just genetics, baby. Anyway. <laughs> just shaking his head at me.
1: <laughs> I think white zombie is a good place to actually start because the origin of the zombie resides in... The Afro Caribbean spiritual belief system of voodoo. Right. Spelled here with a U. V-O-D-O-U. It's like val-dou. voodoo. 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 It's the same it's the same thing. It's just spelled different depending okay. on where you are. That's fair. Um I think voodoo double o double o it's like a New Orleans thing. It's like a I can see Louisiana that. Louisiana voodoo. Haitian voodoo. Yeah. It's like sim the same and separate.
0: I'm smelling what you're stepping in
1: which has legends of people being controlled as slaves by powerful magics. Now, I read somewhere that this kind of started a long time ago. This zombie belief started kind of a long time ago when uh, Haiti was a French colony and they had sugar plantations and slaves there. Yeah, And there was kind of a belief that if you committed suicide, you would be trapped in your own body forever and like forced to work as like a zombie mm-hmm. on the plantation forever. But I didn't go too far into that because that bit of information came actually at the end of my research. Okay. But I thought it was int- worth mentioning. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like a as an origin for this belief origin story. of the zombie as like an undead servant to a master, right? Mm-hmm. Um. In fact, zombie... With an I, no E, is another name for the Voodoo Lao we do. Quick side note, the Lao are the spirits seen in voodoo tradition. Okay. Like when they're dancing and they, they become possessed. Do you know anything about voodoo?
0: Um, no. Okay. Well, not too much, honestly. They're like possessed
1: by the Lao, you know, and they make tributes to them and stuff like that. There's
0: like a surface level voodoo I could probably meander through.
1: There's a book in here somewhere. So Damballa is said to be the father of the Lao and is largely considered the Lao of creation. Some of his ritual songs indicate that he carries the ancestors on his back to the afterlife. In most houses, he's represented by either Moses or St. Patrick, which is extra cool on both accounts since Damballa is represented by snakes. Okay. So St. Patrick, you know, his whole deal with the snakes in Ireland or whatever. Yeah. And then Moses, you know, his thing with the snakes and the staff turning into a snake.
0: I had forgotten about that, but now it's coming back to me.
1: Um, when he re- when he presents himself in possession, he doesn't speak. He just makes hissing noises like a snake. Okay. He requires very simple offerings and prefers an egg on a mound of flour.
0: I was going to ask you, what, he's just trying to make pasta.
1: <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> Literally the start of many recipes. Yeah. Um. Maybe bread.
0: What was it? That's how you make pasta, though. Mound of flour, egg.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking more of like a whole egg. Yeah. Right. Because he's. A snake. I was just
0: gonna like well the visual of a mound. And of-
1: you know what? Some pasta is noodly, like a snake body. I see you.
0: Pasta equals voodoo. Yeah. That's all I'm voodoo hearing. pasta. That's all I'm hearing.
1: You heard it here first.
0: Sorry, derailed. Come on. <laughs>
1: Um, according to the lore, if you will, if we want to call it that, a dead person can be revived by a bokor. as a type of voodoo sorcerer. The zombies have no will of their own and are completely under the control of the sorcerer. Now, in 1937, while researching folklore in Haiti, Zora Neale Hurston encountered the case of Felicia Felix Mentor. Ooh. Who had hey, died girl. and been buried in 1907 at the age of 29. Um, I'm catching up. Zora Hurston was a world renowned writer and anthropologist. Hurston's novels, short stories, and plays often depicted African American life in the South. Her work in anthropology examined Black folklore. Um, Hurston influenced many writers and kind of cemented her place in history as one of the foremost female writers of the 20th century. A history of her hometown of Eatonville, Florida, suggests that the practice of hoodoo, an African diasporic tradition found in the American South, was fairly common, and it's possible that her fascination with indigenous African traditions and their manifestations in the United States kind of started there. Um. Anyway. <laughs> On October 24th, 1936, an elderly woman wandered into the village of And I'm probably going to butcher these names. That's okay, because I Um, do that all the time. Enery Haiti. Okay. To say she was ragged would be an understatement.
0: Kind of rude.
1: She was naked, had no eyelashes, and uh, like a ratty cloth around her face. This caused panic in the village, and news obviously began to spread. The woman was said to have been lame in her left leg, she bore a resemblance to Felicia Felix Mentor, who had died and been buried 29 years earlier in 1907. Okay. Strangely, Felicia had also been lame due to a fracture in her left leg.
0: So like, when you say lame.
1: Like, she was walking with a limp, like okay. her left leg didn't work very well.
0: I figured, but I just wanted to like double check, because you know, Big yeah. girl.
1: No, that's fair. Soon, the Mentor family who lived just outside the village heard and kind of started to investigate um the woman was taken to a government hospital it was generally believed by the villagers of enery as well as the mentor family that the woman was indeed the arisen felicia felix mentor they believed she had been turned into a zombie by a bokor but later abandoned
0: 29 years later
1: 29 years later
0: had she been a zombie that entire time i
1: think that's the idea
0: because I was gonna say, because you know, twenty nine years of decomp not does not do the body well.
1: Well, I think that whatever magics are supposedly bring these people back preserves them.
0: Well, that. But I was just saying, like, she couldn't come back twenty nine years later and resurrect somebody. They would literally, mm. more than likely, either be bone or just ash.
1: Yeah. Or the possibilities that she had, she was thought to have been dead before. Um, but actually kind of turned into like this zombie sort of person. Yeah. We'll talk more about it in a minute because the idea that they're not actually like supernatural zombies, but people that are kind of like controlled um, comes up. Okay. So Zora Neal Hurston wrote of this incident as proof of the existence of Haitian zombies. She even said that a doctor involved in the case Claimed there was a belief amongst the physicians that zombies were not the result of magic, but rather the result of some unknown drug that suppressed the speech and free will of anyone exposed to it.
0: Some kind of toxin.
1: So this is in the 1930s. Okay. That they're talking about. And we have the belief in this toxin.
0: Who think there's zombies?
1: But the important part is the time right now, 1930 something. They're already talking about this belief in this toxin that Mm kind of suppresses the free will of people, right? Yeah. So Hurston's take on the situation, as well as her statements regarding the possible use of a drug to create zombies, were never taken seriously by most doctors or other professionals, obviously, right? Right. Hurston's previous books had shown that she had something of a taste for the fantastic, and that she was a ready believer of many folk tales as she ran that she ran across so scientists were not likely to treat her claims as credible to begin with
0: well i have thoughts but i will keep them no, to no
1: please tell me your thoughts
0: was it they're always so quick to dismiss uh women
1: well particularly like women of color in the 1930s yeah right while because like in my opinion you're right even if she didn't hadn't shown herself to already kind of have like a f- taste for the fantastical and like a ready belief, they probably would have found some other reason to like
0: hysteria. They would call it hysteria. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if she had maybe had been like a man,
1: if she had only been a man,
0: if she had had a penis,
1: just one peen, that's all it takes.
0: She may have like would have had like a uh, a second chance, right, at explaining herself.
1: So. Not everyone was as certain as Hurston that this was a real deal Haitian voodoo zombie. Well. Real deal Haitian voodoo zombie. <laughs> okay. Put that on a t-shirt.
0: Real deal Haitian voodoo zombie.
1: You said, what were you saying?
0: Um, I don't remember.
1: Okay. In fact, <laughs> in 1945, Louis P. Mars.
0: Fantastic not, name.
1: Not to be mistaken with Bruno Mars. <laughs> Or the Mars Volta,
0: I like the Mars Volta.
1: Do you? Yeah, I saw them in concert once. They were opening for System of a Down.
0: Not so I just, too I don't shabby. think it was.
1: I just don't think it was the right crowd.
0: That happens a lot. Anyway, I also, I never <laughs> knew.
1: I couldn't tell ever when one song ended and another song began.
0: <laughs> it happens sometimes.
1: Anyway, I don't remember wh- what band they were before the Mars Volta, but the. A couple of the guys were in a different band before and they had this song that used to come on the radio and it would go, send transmission from the one arm scissor, get away, get away. Do you remember that song? Yes. And every time I would go over to my friend's house, that song would come on the radio. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. So anyway, it was Dang. just a funny thing. Well, <laughs> all right. Back unwarranted to, jaunt down memory lane aside.
0: Back to zombies. Run away, run away.
1: Um. So, 1945, Louis P. Mars, he he has a hospital named after him in Haiti. Okay. He's like a big deal doctor guy from Haiti, okay?
0: Big deal doctor guy from Haiti big named deal Louis Dr. P. Mann. Mars.
1: His name is on a hospital, gotcha. like a big hospital there.
0: Certainly for reasons.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> The article detailed his discoveries regarding the woman thought to be Felicia Felix's mentor. He noted that she had been suffering from an eye disease at the time of her discovery. Okay. This is what caused her eyelashes to fall out, and it made her extremely photosensitive. So that's why, supposedly, she had the cloth wrapped around her head. Oh, I bet. Because the sun was hurting her eyes. X-rays had also shown the woman to have had no fracture in her left leg. In fact, her lameness was due entirely to dietary deficiencies.
0: She's just malnourished.
1: These deficiencies were also responsible for her apparent advanced age. Once she was placed on a well-balanced diet, the woman regained her ability to walk. She even began to look much younger than before, and she began to menstruate again. Obviously, this would mean she was much younger than the person than she first appeared, but also the person they thought she was. Right. So physical evidence indicated
0: that she was not Felicia. She could
1: not really be Felicia, as Felix's mentor would actually be lame in the leg and much older than the strange woman, who, right? Did
0: they ever figure out who the strange woman was?
1: No. It's
0: a, a strong case of amnesia.
1: So in the article, Dr. Mars... What
0: a great name. Dr. Dr. Mars, Mars
1: also went out of his way to point out that this conclusion showed that Zora Neale Hurston's belief that this woman was an example of Haitian zombies was mistaken and simplistic. Mm -hmm. Strangely, a lot of Mars' further findings about the woman may have supported her being one of the few cases of a recovered zombie, Mm -hmm. even though she wasn't who people originally thought she was, and her original identity actually remained unknown.
0: So they still think that she could have been like a, a zombie not a zombie anymore
1: right because in the same article just because she wasn't that zombie doesn't mean she wasn't
0: a zombie
1: because in the same article mars stated the woman was unable to give any information about who she was Mm -hmm. or where she had been or Mm. even how she had gotten to the hospital okay so he stated all her answers were unintelligible and irrelevant Her occasional outbursts of laughter were devoid of emotion, and very frequently she (laughs) spoke of herself in either the first or the third person without any sense of discrimination. She had lost all sense of time and was quite indifferent to the world of things around her. Uh, Okay. That sounded like I was going to continue. And was quite indifferent (laughs) to the world of things around her. Okay. (laughs) Mars contributed these abnormalities to schizophrenia. But it very well could have been caused by a chemical alteration of normal brain activity.
0: Okay, it's gonna sound. It, I was gonna say it sounded like some kind of like mental degenerative thing.
1: Right. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that this woman may have been exposed to the theoretical drug of which Hurston had spoken. Right. Right. If there's a drug that's making people, that's doing to people exactly what this woman is is. Like, going Uh, through, actively. Then maybe. Unfortunately, as is the case with most zombies, quote-unquote, examined, there was no motivation on the part of doctors to dig deeper than necessary to explain her behavior and condition. Because I'm I'm assuming they got bigger things on their plate, right?
0: Well, yeah. They're probably worried about, like, tuberculosis and spotted fever and... Other oh, tropical
1: diseases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now let's fast forward several decades. Okay. Okay.
0: How many decades?
1: We're going from the 30s to the 80s.
0: Five decades.
1: Yeah. More or less. <laughs> Math. Under five, because it's like from 37 to 82. Okay. So a Canadian ethnobotanist. Ethnobotanist. Ethnobotanist.
0: Ethnic flowers?
1: I don't know, actually. What is the difference between a botanist and an ethnobotanist is? Let's look. Ethnobotany is the study of a region's plants and their practical uses through the traditional knowledge of a local culture and people. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Clearing we- things up.
1: Yeah. Some dots are being connected. For happy me. To,
0: happy to provide that for yeah, you.
1: Now now these dots won't have to be connected for you because you'll already know what an ethnobotanist is. <laughs> so a Canadian ethnobotanist named Wade. Davis, not as cool of a name as Louis P. Mars.
0: We can't all have him. But an
1: okay name, Wade Davis. Presented a pharmacological case for zombies. Okay. A pharmacological case for zombies needs to be the name of a book or a movie or something, right? Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I think that might be the name of this episode. Okay. A pharmacological case for zombies.
0: Pharmacological. Okay.
1: So Wade Davis presented a pharmacological case for zombies.
0: Say that five times fast. I just
1: wanted an excuse to say it again. (laughs) He discussed his theory in two books.
0: Okay. Neither one of them named the pharmacological.
1: I know. Wade, you really missed the mark, bud. Okay. So he discussed his theory in two books, The Serpent and the Rainbow, later made into a Wes Craven movie starring Bill Pullman. Really? Yes. Good movie. I don't think it accurately represents his encounters in Haiti, but it's still a good movie. Okay. And Passage of Darkness: The Ethnobiology of the Haitian Zombie.
0: So close, but so far.
1: I know. Uh Serpent in the Rainbow, like I said, pretty good movie. It's got Bill Pullman in it. Do you know who that is? Nope. That's the president from Independence Day. <laughs> okay. Um he's obviously he's in other stuff, but that's that's what I know him from. Okay. He's also in Spaceballs.
0: I know Spaceballs.
1: He's Lone Star. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? No. Lone Star. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I just realized that was Bill Pullman. Wow. Anyway, Spaceballs, good movie. In 1982, Davis traveled to Haiti, and after some investigation, he claimed that a living person could be turned into a zombie by introducing two special powders into the bloodstream through an opening of some sort, like a wound.
0: Like, what kind of powders?
1: The first of these, French for powder strike. And if there are any, like, actual somebody. proper good Cajuns listening, unlike your boy who is the worst Cajun. I'm going to get roasted for that because that was a bad pronunciation.
0: I was going to say, there is somebody who listens in France. Tell us yeah. how to say it.
1: I know, right? So the this is the first one. It had the key ingredient of tetrodotoxin.
0: I know about tetrodotoxin. Yeah? Yes.
1: We'll talk about it.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Which induced a death-like state. Tetrodotoxin is the same lethal toxin found in the Japanese delicacy fugu.
0: Pufferfish.
1: Also known as pufferfish. What do you know about tetrodotoxin?
0: I know that you only need like 22 milligrams to kill somebody.
1: Yeah. What else you got?
0: I know that if you survive to toxin poisoning you're basically fine but it can slow down like your heart rate and your breathing like make it slow enough to where people can think that you're dead
1: there's a movie about that what's that movie No idea oh, I think it's double jeopardy
0: maybe I don't know that like okay so if like they think that you're dead and then a couple of hours later you're undead yeah you're a zombie.
1: And before you do that, maybe make sure that your boyfriend gets the letter that you're going to do that so that he doesn't show up at your funeral and dramatically kill himself, Romeo and Juliet.
0: I was like, is that a movie? I was like, what movie is that?
1: Yeah, so at near lethal doses, it can leave a person in a state of near death for several days. Yeah. While the person continues to be conscious. Right. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, because you're you're still conscious throughout the entirety of... Your uh, situation, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. And like, you're still very much aware of like the world around you. You're just basically you just can't paralyzed. Do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast earlier and something about salt channels. It just completely paralyzes.
1: You listen to other podcasts? I know. Anyway, What's salt channels. What's our podcast going to think? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah. Scary. It's, yeah. That's so scary. Yes. It'd be like waking up. You know, you hear stories about people like waking up under anesthesia. Yeah, but they—they're not awake this enough like to let up anyone in the know. Morgue. They're not awake enough to let anyone know, so they just keep doing surgery on them, and they oh, feel it. God. You know, I don't know how true that is, but
0: that happens.
1: Yeah, but are they like they can't say anything about it? Does no, that actually happen?
0: Yeah, because they're like paralyzed.
1: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's like wait. It's like if you like, I would equate it to kind of like sleep paralysis.
1: All I'm saying is if you're a guy and that happens, start thinking sexy thoughts. Maybe you can alert them.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, baby. It's like They cutting on you.
0: He has an erection.
1: Is that normal? Yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, on to the second powder. The second powder is composed of dissociatives. Dissociatives are a class of hallucinogen, which distort perception of sight and sound and produce feelings of detachment from the environment and or self. Coffee. No, that's the opposite of that. Mm -mm. This powder is used to put the person in a zombie-like state where they seem to have no will of their own. Coffee. No. Yes. Davis's book, The Serpent and the Rainbow, popularized the story of Clairvius Narcisse, allegedly... Clavius was poisoned with a mixture of substances intended to simulate death. After his death and burial, his body was exhumed and he was given a paste made from detora, a dissociative and assumed to be ingredient of powder number two, which as we mentioned before, can have a hallucinogenic effect and cause memory loss. Okay. His new master, a bakor then forced him alongside many other zombie slaves to work on a sugar plantation until the Bokor's death in 1964. Mm-hmm. When the Bokor died, regular doses of the drug ceased, and eventually, Clervius was able to regain his sanity. Now, his, this return to normalcy was lucky for him because apparently most people suffer brain damage after being buried alive as you can imagine. That would make sense because, you
0: know, lack of oxygen.
1: Lack of oxygen. Maybe they just have a mental break from being fucking buried Buried alive. alive. Obviously, there is still considerable skepticism.
0: Skepticism.
1: Obviously, there is still considerable skepticism about Davis's claims. You guys give me a break. I literally woke up like, what, an hour ago? Mm -hmm. Um, He's
0: not a morning person either.
1: I'm not a morning person, even if it's in the afternoon.
0: This would be your morning.
1: Apparently, there are Haitian people that believe in the existence of a zombie drug. Okay.
0: Tarot, toxin tea.
1: However, the voodoo religion is quite secretive in its practices and codes. Mm-hmm. I also feel like a lot of it is like verbal tradition. Right? Yeah,
0: kind of like hand me down knowledge.
1: Yeah, like I, I to, it feels to me like the brunt of the knowledge is probably handed down from, like, spiritual leader to spiritual leader, right? Mm -hmm. So you can imagine it would be very difficult for a foreign scientist to validate or invalidate such claims. Mm -hmm. Some people, I'm going to assume they are doctors or scientists, have discussed the role a victim's belief system plays in all of this. Isn't it possible that someone who truly believes in the existence of a power or powder that could turn someone <laughs> into a zombie, may somehow be more compliant with the will of an attacker or Bokor or whatever, yeah, causing a type of psychogenic amnesia or catatonia. On the same note, couldn't these psychological states later be misinterpreted as a return from the dead? Yeah. You know, maybe one hundo. So, unsolicited history lesson aside. <laughs> I think that pretty much leads us back to where we started. Zombie movies? Yes. As I mentioned before, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead was a huge turning point in zombie lore. The film was partially inspired by Richard Matheson's book, I Am Legend.
0: I heard that before.
1: A story that depicts vampires who are, for the most part, solely driven by a desire for blood.
0: Could you not say that vampires are a... Type of zombie?
1: I think that, I don't, the distinction to me is that.
0: If vampires come back from the dead.
1: That, yeah, I mean, like, technically they're both undead, right? Yeah. I think of vampires is more of like. Do you
0: think a vampire is just an intelligent zombie?
1: I think the difference is like decay, maybe. But, you know, there's a line, like a revenant, right? Mm-hmm. Who is basically a vampire because they need blood, mm-hmm. but if they don't drink blood, they look nasty and decayed like a zombie. Oh, like that
0: one movie, uh, 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 Daybreakers.
1: Daybreakers.
0: Maybe that's not the movie.
1: That's a vampire movie with Willem Dafoe. Yeah.
0: No. Yes. No. Yes. I don't know.
1: Where they like turn a vampire back into a human?
0: Yeah, but like if they drink the blood of a vampire, it turns into some kind of gross thing.
1: I don't know. I don't know what that is. Wrong movie. Well, I'm going to need you to find out what movie that is cuz it sounds awesome. My <laughs> bad. Anyway, the film involves a farmhouse full of strangers besieged by a horde of undead ghouls. The film keeps the cause of the risen dead pretty vague. There's a moment where a newscast mentions radiation from a fallen satellite, but it never confirms or denies whether that is the truth. And the world pretty much ends before anyone can figure it out. Bleak. The film is more than just a monster movie.
0: Get deep here. Come on, let's do
1: it. It incorporated shreds of contemporary reality, Mm -hmm. civil rights protests, the increasingly ugly Vietnam War, Mm -hmm. and turned them into something new. Throughout its gray colorless run, Night of the Living Dead really captures the turbulence of the late 1960s. While Romero downplayed his decision to cast Dwayne Jones as Ben during a time in the U.S. when African-Americans were only just beginning to receive equal rights. Yeah. The leading man's portrayal of the resourceful protagonist immediately marked the film as something different because it's like one of the first films with an African-American lead. I
0: didn't realize that.
1: Then there was the conclusion. This is a spoiler warning. (laughs) Okay, if you haven't seen this movie, it's been out for 50 years. So, spoiler warning. Spoiler alert.
0: More than 50 years.
1: After emerging as the sole survivor of the night, Ben meets his fate at the hands of a gang of trigger-happy rednecks. That ending still packs quite a punch over 50 years later. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was so happy. He's like looking out the window. They're cleaning up zombies. They see him through the window. They think he's a zombie. They, they shoot, shoot him, him in the head. And then he pissed. And I was just like, first of all, what the fuck? That's fucked up. <laughs> Second of all, what a great ending. It's just kind of like hopeless situation, right? Yeah. It's like this bleak. Anyway, critics like to draw parallels between Night of the Living Dead's ending and the assassination of Malcolm X. Uh-huh. I don't think that was an intentional parallel.
0: This is like life imitates art.
1: However, in the coincidence of all coincidences, the night that Romero was driving his film, his cases of film from Pittsburgh, where it was filmed, mm-hmm. to New York, it, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis that same night. So that's crazy. That is crazy. Now, that may not seem relevant, but social commentary, civil rights... Would beg to argue. It's related, damn it. (laughs) Romero revisited the genre in 1978 with Dawn of the Dead, another social commentary, this time on the downfalls of consumerism. Interestingly enough, the ghouls were now known as zombies. And I've seen this change attributed to the fan base, and I'm pretty sure the consumerist themes helped play a role in the the adoption of the new name for the ghouls. Because they're just like zombies, just consuming things with the, mindlessly.
0: <laughs> yeah, gotcha.
1: Um, so quite unlike the first film, this film focused on a group of strangers in a shopping mall besieged by a horde of flesh-eating ghouls. Wait.
0: Like most zombie movies. Maybe sorry. it wasn't
1: unlike the first film at all. <laughs> but it was in color, so it was different. After Dawn of the Dead came Day of the Dead in 1985, where a group of survivors in a military bunker try to survive a horde of flesh-eating ghouls. Land of the Dead in 2005. They got to come up
0: with better names.
1: (laughs) Where survivors in a walled-off city attempt to survive a horde of flesh-eating ghouls.
0: Adjectives, Day of the the Dead.
1: Diary of the Dead (laughs) in 2007. (laughs) Where a group of students hold up in a fellow student's house try to survive a horde of flesh-eating ghouls. And Survival of the Dead in 2009 where a group of survivors on an island try to survive, you guessed it, a horde of flesh-eating ghouls. So not a lot of variation, I guess. No. But fuck it, I think they're awesome. And they all have like, George Romero was big on social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the first film, it was kind of like a comment on the times and sort of like that uh, upheaval you know, yeah. like turbulent times. The second film was sort of a talking about consumerism. I want to say Day of the Dead was sort of a look at like the military kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, Land of the Dead had to do with classism. Diary of the Dead was about kind of like the rise of social media.
0: That makes sense, I guess.
1: And I'm pretty sure Survival of the Dead kind of circled back on the ideas of like reality
0: tv show and how terrible survivor is
1: no um (laughs) but just people's inability to work together and like uh i want to say it had something to do with the politics of the time because it was about like two families that were basically about the same thing yeah but they hated each other just because because they always had that was just how things were yeah anyway some are definitely more awesome than others And I personally think that Tom Savini's 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead is a better film than the original. But I love them. Both. (laughs) Both. Equally. And Tom Savini, if anybody was going to make a better version, it would be him because he's been involved in like every film. Yeah. He's the makeup guy. Oh. Um, Cool. Yeah. The makeup guy. The makeup guy. Tom Savini. He's awesome.
0: Tom Savini. The makeup guy.
1: He even has, I'm pretty sure he has his own movie effects, makeup school in Pittsburgh. Oh. Anyway, at the end of the day, Romero's films pushed the boundaries of horror filmmaking. Mm-hmm. They really redefined the zombie. They set a standard for on-screen bloodshed and may or may not have directly contributed to my weird fascination with cannibalism. <laughs> uh, at Which the... does
0: relate to zombies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because they
0: are always trying to like eat people I guess
1: what's interesting to me and not a parallel I've ever drawn until right now Is that in most cases if you eat people for a long time. Yeah, it will destroy your brain Like prions will eat your brain.
0: Yeah, but you get that from brains So if you eat brains, you're gonna get kuru, but
1: anyway It destroys your brain and the only way to kill a zombie is to destroy its brain. Yeah, right. Yeah, crazy that's it. I'm done. No, I'm kidding. Um it's
0: like there are so many more zombie movies out there. Zombieland, World
1: so, War Z. So at the risk of repeating myself, later. much well, I would argue that's not a zombie movie. Oh, okay. At I'm the risk of repeating, at the risk of repeating myself, <laughs> much like the plot of most zombie films repeat themselves. Night of the Living Dead kind of opened the floodgates on zombie appearances in the years that followed. This was especially true in the 1980s. These included the unauthorized Italian sequel to Dawn of the Dead called Zombie 2 by Lucio Fulci. It came out in 1979, but that's close enough to the 80s, right?
0: Oh, I'll allow it.
1: As well as many other Italian zombie films. So all of the zombie sequels, there's like five or six of them. I own them all. Uh, Nightmare City, City of the Living Dead, Hell of the Living Dead. Obviously, I'm not going to list every Italian zombie movie. Those are just some of them.
0: Well, now I'm disappointed.
1: Uh, Italians, they were big on zombies, some of them.
0: It's one thing I know about Italians. They love their bread. They love their pasta. They love their zombies.
1: I feel like Lucio Fulci was like the George Romero of Italians. Of Italy, yeah. It, I mean, like, he basically made an unauthorized sequel to a film. and But, you know, you know what? I'm going to consider it an homage.
0: That's not uh, our...
1: But I am 100% going to recommend that you check out Zombie 2, if only to watch the shark versus zombie fight.
0: I'm sorry, what? There's a shark versus a zombie? There's
1: a shark versus a zombie.
0: They should just call it that.
1: The zombie is... It's zombie a real shark. It's an actual shark. The person in the zombie makeup is the shark's trainer, <laughs> so like he has a shark fight, a zombie shark fight.
0: Oh my goodness, we have to watch this.
1: Yeah, and there's some really epic eye gore that takes place in the beginning of the film,
0: like eye gore, like or like someone
1: like, being stabbed in the eye. Oh. Yeah, and I'm um, they use like a cow's eye or something, so it's like really hyper realistic and it's hard to watch, Gnarly but it's awesome.
0: Gore porn, here yeah. for it.
1: Anyway. You were saying something, I feel like I cut you off.
0: No, it's just like other zombie movies. Zombiever.
1: Zombiever. Black sheep. Kind of a zombie movie. People get bitten by sheeps and turn into sheep. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? No. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to watch that. In 1983, Michael Jackson released the video for his song, Thriller.
0: There were zombies in that movie. That featured
1: dancing zombies. Music video. Yeah, short film.
0: Also, my favorite zombie movie it's a German movie dubbed in English mm-hmm. called Night of, L- Night of the Living Nerds or something.
1: I think it's Night of the Living Nerds or Dorks or Geeks or something. Yeah. Is that in the 80s?
0: No idea. Don't care. Best movie ever.
1: We're talking about the 80s right now.
0: You're talking about the 80s. I've expanded.
1: Zombie comedy became a thing with films such as Zombieland. Night of the Comet. We're talking about the 80s. Oh, wow. Zombie comedy became a thing with films such as Night of the Comet and the first few entries in the Return of the Living Dead series. Dawn of the Dead. Which gets credit for introducing the idea that zombies craved the brains of humans. So they started eating brains in *Night of the* Li- or Return of the Living Dead. But also, okay, so Return of the Living Dead, the first few movies are comical, right? But also it's really scary because you can't kill those zombies. Mm-hmm. Like they can't die. They don't die. Shoot them in the head. They, they don't die. That. Nothing nothing kills them. So it's like extra scary. So they just gather them up and put them in like barrels. And then that's what ha- that's, wow, that's how, how they like solve that ha- problem. That's how it keeps happening, right? Anyway.
0: They they escape the barrels. Yeah.
1: And it's all, it seems it's like it's leg. always the one zombie that escapes the barrel. You've probably seen him. They call him like the tar man or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about?
0: The especially scary one.
1: Yeah, he's extra scary. Anyway, I'm not, again, I'm not going to list every movie from the 1980s. But yes, yeah, Shaun of the Dead is a comedy zombie movie. Zombieland is as well. Um, Shaun of the Dead is actually one of my favorite movies.
0: I know, Shaun of the Dead is. Uh,
1: the 1990s saw the rise of zombie themed video games. Resident Evil? Thanks in large part to Resident Evil. Some awesome entries in that series, if I do say so myself. Not so good on the film adaptations, but again that's just my opinion <laughs> none of my zombie movies are Resident Evil movies except one but it's based on the video it's like a movie from the video game yeah anyway <laughs> ultimately the 21st century the 21st century entry of zombies into print media the zombie survival guide World War Z The Walking Dead sort of started the snowball effect of what would ultimately lead to what is now arguably a market saturated with zombie products.
0: really was like at one point there, just zombie movie after zombie movie after zombie movie. And then like all the zombie like merch would come out with it. Like all the zombie assault squadron. Yeah. Tactical stickers that you see. Oh, I have one. I did too.
1: Um, I have one here somewhere. I need to put it on my car because I'm cool (laughs) like that.
0: I had one for my car. Like my first one, yeah. Like ten years ago.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like I
0: have a little zombie figurine yonder.
1: It's funny too because it was kind of a break. Like I keep talking about the zombie movies I own. I have like eighty-eight zombie movies.
0: And you have a whole binder dedicated to zombie movies.
1: And my goal was a hundred, but I had to stop because like <laughs> I was getting repeats. Yeah. Because there are some movies that come out under different names. Oh yeah. Actually, Zombie One and Zombie Two are the same movie. Rude. Um. So I have both of them just numerically, so I wouldn't go insane. Yeah. <laughs> um. Even though technically Zombie One was Dawn of the Dead, because mm-hmm. I think it was called Zombie in Italy. Yeah. Anyway, um. Something, but something I had to stop because like I was running out of zombie movies, and then I took a break, and like a few years passed, and then fucking zombies were everywhere. So I need to get back to it. I can get a hundred easy. Yeah. Maybe 200. Uh, While we're talking about that binder, I will talk about the worst zombie movie ever made. <laughs> it's called Dawn of the Living Dead. Okay. okay. Not Night of the Living Dead. Not Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Living Dead.
0: It's like they couldn't figure out a better title for it.
1: It's really hard to follow. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Something about like Native American burial grounds or something. There's like a creepy uncle or some shit in there. It's weird. <laughs> we just need to go. We need to make our way through that. Okay. Um, anyway. Let's do it. Also found like a nice little jewel called Bad Moon Rising. Okay. It was made in Louisville.
0: Louisville? And, and
1: at the risk of sounding like a hipster, it can be frustrating to have people discrediting the genre based on a dislike of modern products. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's nice to see people enjoying something you've loved all along. Yeah, and for the most part, the fact that zombies are everywhere, I think ultimately pushes for better and more creative content overall. Um. So.
0: I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I like, and it's gonna get me to a hundred. Zombie movies. The
0: Road to 100 zombie
1: movies. But that's actually pretty much all I have. Great. Um, Yeah.
0: Not too shabby. It was a little all over the place. That's okay.
1: I love zombies. It was really hard for me to decide what I actually wanted to talk about. Yeah. So I just kind of, bleh. So there you go. You got George Romero. You got Michael Jackson. You got Haitian. You got Haitian zombies.
0: Zombies. I'm surprised that we didn't talk about the Voodoo queen.
1: Marie Laveau. Well, I don't know anything about her specifically relating to zombies. saying like
0: if we were going to mention Haitian voodoo in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, but we were talking about Haitian voodoo in Haiti. If it was in New Orleans, it would be New Orleans voodoo. Also, the queen gets her own episode. You're right. So like, let's not.
0: Let's not just let's not
1: just lump her into something. She deserves more than that.
0: You're right. Okay. Well,
1: but yeah, that's all I got. I hope. It was fun. You were yawning a lot, so um, I no,
0: that's because I haven't had that much coffee today and it's time to go to work.
1: I'm just assuming that I was boring. So that's all I've got for now. Perfect. Um maybe well, one day I'll make a better episode about zombies.
0: Oh, there's a couple of episodes that I want to redo just for the sheer amount of ums that I say.
1: People um though. It's that's like fine. a nervous thing. Anyway. Anyway.
0: As um, always, check us out online.
1: Yeah, check us out online. www ouroddpodpodcast.com.
0: I've been a lot more active on Facebook. I've been Nexus, trying on Twitter. Instagram.
1: Uh, you can find us linktr.ee slash OOPP. If you find yourself to our website, make sure you check out darrencurtismusic.com for our intro and outro music and most of your musical needs. He's good people. Show him some love. Yeah. Patreon. Check it out. We're we got excited. patrons now. we got bonus content coming but we got things to do yeah so as always we are are the the bones and we are out. out